0: Welcome to Seymour. Episode 2. The sequel. We made it through the pilot. The suits upstairs liked it. They gave me a season. Also, all pilots sound very different than the rest of the series. Or look very different than the rest of the series. And in that way, I'm very excited about these next coming episodes. Hopefully they feel a little better. Hopefully they sound better. This week I wanted to talk about The Good Place. More specifically, Chidi and Agony, played by William Jackson Harper. I've got a very special guest. uh, It's the same guy from last week, my brother, Joao. The Good Place, the show has blown up. It has gone from being the best-kept secret literally just a year ago, and it's all over the place now. They just wrapped their third season. Let's just get right into the conversation. It's a longer one, The Good Place. All right, here we are. Episode 2, Topic 2 of Seymour, I'm here with my guest, Gerard Gonzalez, again. I have a feeling I'm just going to be your guest every episode. (laughs) Well, we liked you so much last week that I convinced the suits to fly you over again.
1: It really is an honor. This is my favorite podcast right now. Thank you, man. This is like a huge deal for me. Uh, Hopefully, next week I can be back if the suits will have me and eventually I'll just take over the show.
0: Yeah, well, we'll see what the ratings are after this episode. <laughs> you did talk way more than I did last episode. Man, you made me. I did. You can can ask <laughs> <him> <laughs> <laughs> questions. And you I'm starting me. to think that people think that this is your show. So <laughs> I need to really mark my stamp this week. We did a movie last week. I thought we'd do some TV this week. I wanted to talk about one of our favorite shows currently airing The Good Place. And our introduction to the show is kind of crazy. I watched the entire first season when it became available on Netflix and then I told you about it and you said, yeah, Mm -hmm. cool. And then after months of convincing, I finally sat you down and we saw the entire first season in one sitting. I think we started at like 11 PM and then just stayed up through the entire night.
1: Yeah. Well, the thing is like, I remember the way it was marketed was, it just looked like a typical sitcom, like the way it was shot. And then you told me that you liked it. I think this was around the time that you were binging a bunch of things, like, at once.
0: As always.
1: Yeah. And then that was just, like, one of the things that you were binging. And you were like, hey, this one, of all the things I'm binging, this one was actually, like, really good. You should watch it. Yeah. And And I think at the time, I was just like, dude, it's like a whole thing. I don't want to get into a new show right now because I don't have the time to, like, or the energy to, like, binge right now. Because that comes and goes, you know, like... Like right now, I feel like you're heavily binging like movies and you're watching like a movie a day, I think. Right. And in the last two weeks, I've kind of like started watching more movies as well. But before then, I was just like, I don't feel like sitting through a movie every day.
0: Totally. And I mean, now's a good time considering, I mean, it's Oscar season and now's the time that everyone usually gets involved. But I thought we'd talk about The Good Place this week. More specifically, Chidi and Agonia. Yeah. I believe I pronounced that correctly. I'm
1: really glad you said it before me.
0: Yes. It was like a running joke in the show that they mispronounced his name or that Eleanor mispronounces his name all the time. I should start with this will be a spoiler free discussion. This is a show where like if you're not keeping up, you can't just jump in. Yeah. Which is super unique to this show and the fact that like mainstream comedies don't do that. And don't do that as well as The Good Place does. Drought, shall we sing the intro? Yeah, dude. To The Good Place. Yeah. Okay. One, two, three. Perfect. We didn't even reverse that. That just kind of worked out. So The Good Place, without any spoilers, I'm not going to say anything past the first five minutes of the pilot episode. Eleanor Shellstrop, which is Kristen Bell, wakes up in heaven. Ted Danson plays God, tells her that... After the great life she's lived, she's in heaven. It's this paradise with its own set of rules. And within like five seconds of being there, she realizes that she does not belong and she was accidentally sent to heaven. And the series, at least initially, starts off with her trying not to get found out. She meets her soulmate, because there are soulmates in heaven, Chiri and Agonye, And yep, that's about as much as I want to give.
1: It's not heaven linked to any religion it's like a very like general good place like that's why the show is called the good place yeah which is interesting because like ultimately the show is about
0: ethics and that's i mean chidi's profession is he's a ethics professor Professor. yeah when watching the show all of the characters at least seemingly start off as like these stereotypes of other characters chidi is like the nerd archetype what were your first impressions of chidi
1: Well, like, the very first impression was exactly that. I was like, oh, this is going to be, he's the nerd. He has, like, thick black frame glasses and, like, wears sweater vests and tucks his shirt in. Like, it was just, like, the most stereotypical characterization of a nerd, you know, that you could imagine. And then, like, literally five minutes into knowing his character, you start realizing, like, oh, wait, this is, like, this is a person like this is like a real person that you eventually get to know and like you eventually get to love. You realize that the show is really going out of its way to like differentiate everyone, but specifically him from the archetype that they set up. Right. You know,
0: I should mention that Mike Sure is the showrunner for this show. That is quite the... A lot of alliteration there. <laughs> yeah, Mike, Mike sure the showrunner for the show and the <laughs> I guess I don't need to say showrunner for the show, but you might know him as The Office, Parks and Rec. This is his next big show and like those shows that it follows, it was kind of like an indie darling. Mm-hmm. Also like The Office wasn't The Office until oh, man, I don't know. I'd go as far as to say like maybe like 3 or 4. Yeah,
1: like 3 I think was when
0: Parks and Rec they pivoted I mean, you can see if you watch the first season of The Office, the second season, and then the third season, they all feel different and they yeah. all become more of a sitcom as they go. Yeah. Parks and Rec followed the same trajectory where season one and season two were very different. He clearly got free, just reigned. Like they clearly let him do whatever he wanted. And what's so great about the show is that it's so cohesive. Yeah. From they just wrapped up their third season. And season one is just like, you can tell that there are no like studio heads pulling the strings. It's so unabashedly unique. It's basically a show about philosophy. And that's something that it presents in a very fun way. And Chidi takes the charge in that. So the reason that he's so integral to the plot and the nerd archetype, think about nerd archetypes. Ross from Friends, they don't even have to be, you know, smart, right? They just have to be, sort of um, like socially awkward socially awkward disconnected yeah out of place references Ross from friends you got Sheldon from (laughs) young Sheldon I guess now from uh Big Bang Theory the whole cast the whole premise for Big Bang Theory and Fez from that 70s show is another one that follows that says things out of you know references that people don't understand Dwight from the office Dwight from the office learning to socialize kind of Chidi's unique in that the nerd references are the backbone of the show because he's the ethics professor and he's teaching everybody about ethics. The punch can be that it's a nerdy quote or whatever, but it doesn't stop there. That challenges the other characters to comprehend what he's saying and he has to explain it to them. And that thematically ties into the episode and I think that in itself is already such a unique, you know, it doesn't end with, here's something, here's Plato said this. It's Plato said this, you know, Jason says something funny. Jason being another character on the show. Jason being another character and sort of another nerd archetype, I guess. He's like, yeah, dude. I mean, kind of the inverse of Cheaty, sort of.
1: Yeah, and even you just talking about that made me realize something. A lot of times I feel in TV shows like the nerd archetype or like the character that embodies the nerd, those references, those like, quote unquote, nerdy references are usually delivered or written with like, a lack of self awareness in mind, right. like, like the joke is that they're saying something nerdy in appropriate time, or like, they are unaware of how nerdy they are, or, like, they are unaware of how completely like disconnected they are socially from like whoever they're with. And that lack of self awareness is like usually like the joke, you know, like, oh, this is someone saying something like Dwight talking about his beat farm in a meeting, you know, like, yeah. like clearly that's like it's funny because it's so ridiculous. far ridiculous. Yeah from ex- exactly
0: the reality of the other characters.
1: Whereas Cheaty feels like a human being where like his yeah. references and his punches and his jokes they come from his profession but like he is ultimately still a self-aware, like fully realized person who understands that those references might not always catch. And which a lot of times is the joke. Like that's how he delivers a lot of the jokes. Like he'll say something and then like whoever he's talking to will give him a blank stare and then he'll be like, oh, okay. Like, and then he'll do like a pop culture reference.
0: He's a great communicator.
1: Yeah, that's like, that's a really good point. It's I think throughout the probably his best whole,
0: trait, I yeah. would think. At least for me is. He's just an incredible communicator because again that cast is so diverse and all of those characters come from so many different places and he's never had a problem really communicating with everybody has a problem communicating with Jason, Jason. Yeah. but he's never really had a problem communicating with anyone, with anyone. that's a great point point. and you say like the cast is diverse
1: but like it's diverse in just like how they view the world yeah they each have a very diverse way of in a very unique way of like viewing the world around them right and chidi finds a way to relate to everyone
0: yeah and his thing is that he gets very anxious yeah very anxiety inducing and just like because of that you know his his cute little like he gets a stomach ache and he, he's very easily frazzled
1: but it's still like delivered and conveyed in a very personable and like relatable way you know because like i feel like as a generation we completely understand what anxiety feels like right and what anxiety like how it makes you act and how it makes you react to situations and like seeing that on screen the joke isn't that he's anxious right the joke is the situation and his anxiety is just like part of his character like that's who he is and then you get to like know that that's how he reacts to situations and then like the joke is when he doesn't react that way yeah you know
0: And part of what also makes him unique, and and you kind of touched on this, was like a lot of nerd archetypes usually have a certain demeanor. And he is very confident. He's super extroverted. Yeah. He's very handsome. He's very, again, self-aware of his indecisiveness and Mm -hmm. his anxiety and all of the little quirks that maybe put him under that like nerd umbrella. He's very self aware about all of this stuff. And I feel like that's such a refreshing take on it because it's not like somebody slipping on the banana peel for the hundredth time. Right. It's after the first couple of times he he knows how to manage it, but it's still represented in a way that like it can still be a plot point or it can still be it's just kind of it's part of him and it's no longer I'm blanking on the word to bail out.
1: Yeah. It's not like a cop out.
0: Like a situational cop out. Yeah. Like a lazy joke. It's never that. Again, it's because what makes him a quote unquote nerd is the backbone of the show. Right. And it's their ethics and and what can start off as kind of um, you know, something Plato said, they'll end up running that scenario through all of the other characters and then that'll just kind of open up the story. Right. It's more than just uh it has a deeper purpose than being this, you know, uh oh. Like, whoops, I did it again kind of thing.
1: Right. And it's interesting because he's kind of the window or like, kind of like the vessel for information for the viewer, you know. And he's like, a lot of times that's the job of the straight man. For example, if we're going to compare The Office. And I guess he also
0: kind of plays the straight straight man man. in a way because Jason plays a more exaggerated, like the most exaggerated version of I guess a nerd archetype, but just like sort of a dummy.
1: He's like a whole nother conversation. Yeah, he's like a whole nother, like... (laughs) Like in layman's terms, he is like the dumb one quote unquote, but it's just done in the the most fresh way possible. Again, these are the the guys and gals who made
0: Michael Scott likable and relatable. Right.
1: Speaking of The Office, I was going to mention, like, for example, Jim being the straight man, you kind of, as a viewer, Jim is your vessel through the experiences of The Office. And yeah. obviously, like, Michael is the main character, but you, as a viewer, You're, relate you, the most yeah. to Jim, you know? And, and He's the viewer. Right. Jim yeah. is the
0: viewer. And with Cheaty, He's both the viewer, but as a viewer, I'm learning from him. He's right. the one teaching me, I don't know, moral philosophy. And Cheaty's character does a great job verbalizing some very high concepts and making them very relatable to our everyday scenarios yeah. and... It is this, like, weird thing where, I guess, as we're talking, he starts off as this, like, nerd archetype, but then he's sort of the straight man and the viewer. Everyone learns from Chidi. He's kind of their, the brain, but, like, the driving force behind that group. Because, I mean, like, technically you experience the show through
1: Eleanor. Like, Eleanor is the main character, ultimately, but Chidi is, as Chidi teaches or interacts with Eleanor, you as the viewer also are learning and interacting with the right. show, you know, and like the themes of the show. But also to your point about Chidi being able to convey these like high level moral concepts, that's also due to the fact that like the show has a consultant. Yeah, the show hired a consulting philosopher by the name of Pamela Heronimi, um who's a Nailed professor it. at UCLA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I guess like Michael Sure reached out to her to talk about ethics and after their conversation i guess he asked her to join the show to like join the staff as a consultant a lot of the things that she teaches at ucla get conveyed through like chidi's character is the vessel right for all of those ethical concepts which is tight
0: yeah and i think that chidi you know we've talked about him a little bit now and the more we're talking about him he wears a lot of different hats and i think that's what makes him unique that william jackson harper is really good at wearing at balancing all of those different hats and william jackson harper is Cheaty. right yes (laughs) i was like that is another character
1: who i'm yeah william (laughs) jackson
0: he's like in the background (laughs) behind uh he's the actor who plays Cheaty. yes got it and he does a really good great balancing act in a way that makes him feel he still feels very human, like you said.
1: Yeah. If you divide up a bunch of traits and you assign one trait per character, like that's how you get stereotypes or archetypes. You right. know? I'm sure like they could have made someone the romantic lead and then someone else the nerd and then someone else the straight man and then someone else, but they were just like, nah.
0: And the show isn't about that either. I mean, this is a great segue to sort of the next part, William Jackson Harper, cheaty, yeah. did an interview with Vice. He thought he'd never get to play Cheaty in The Good Place because he said that Hollywood still doesn't cast dark skinned actors like himself in leading romantic roles, especially in mainstream sitcoms like this one, which we talk about. These characters are very, specifically him, very dynamic, wearing a lot of different hats, and all yeah. wear them extremely well. But yet, he says that he thought he'd never get to play Cheaty. I completely agree with this really think about it i mean mike sure's last two shows fantastic shows two of my favorite shows of all time very white shows yeah. the office and parks and rec and it's not like these shows were made in the 80s Kristen bells and william jackson harper like on screen together in a mainstream just like you know anyone from ages 10 to 90 can watch and enjoy the show i think that's a really big deal
1: yeah it's like an interracial couple as the
0: lead to this primetime comedy comedy yeah i can't off the top of my head think of another show with this much success that's doing
1: well it's rare yeah it's rare the fact that they're the leads and it's not like the plot of the show you know what i mean like the plot isn't like look at this interracial couple right and all the hijinks they get into because like that's not the plot of the show it
0: just is it just is yeah but it's a very conscious decision by mike sure and his crew because again i mean the office was we had stanley who was every line of dialogue reminded the where, viewer the, the, that the, the, black. yeah like <laughs> was michael reminding you that he was black yeah um, we
1: had oscar which was gay and you better remember that he's, he's gay yeah. and mexican and yeah. that's like his character and then it evolved eventually but
0: like yeah, daryl came got to come upstairs Like,
1: (laughs) season uh, six you know yeah like i'm clowning on the show.
0: like but these are this is real i mean um, yeah and again free reign on this one
1: and then um parks and rec was i think they did a little better job yeah rashida
0: jones yeah and um, uh aziz and zari mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, you're absolutely right yeah parks and rec was much better With the diversity on that. Uh. To be
1: fair, also, he wasn't the showrunner or the creator of The Office. I think he was a producer. He was like an executive producer Okay. on The Office. Then they gave him his own show, like an opportunity to create a show. Yeah. And then he did Parks and Rec. And then they gave him full carte blanche to do whatever he wanted. And then he did. So I'm sure with like the more freedom they gave him, the yeah. more diverse the cast became. Which is awesome.
0: Yeah. Really awesome. The suits, man.
1: <laughs> this is the suits upstairs goes, there's you know, anything
0: i, <laughs> I <laughs> yeah our suits upstairs are pretty good
1: they're yeah. all right they're okay yeah they keep paying for my flight
0: yeah they keep <laughs> the budget of all of the cesspool shows have gone to we've gotten a lot of complaints <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the other guys are like wait hold on they, he gets guests like to fly out to <laughs> brooklyn
1: <laughs> wait until they find out that i
0: literally live with you they don't know that yet they're just paying me uh yeah, but I guess the, the last point I want to touch on is uh, the show uses a really nifty plot device to show different versions of Chidi. And each of those versions, they always feel
1: like like they give dimension to the character, but they yeah. never feel like he never acts out of character, even when in new situations.
0: But they give a unique insight into how he would react to different scenarios Yeah, that maybe you wouldn't see if they wouldn't use this plot device because again, we're dealing with heaven and earth and those are two completely different fields, right? And how he acted on earth was different than how he acted in heaven. Yeah. And once you go to heaven, they're heaven, they take a lot of liberties with the characters and you can kind of break some rules there. Yeah. And that's part of the fun of having a show located in heaven. right? So how do you think that affects, I guess this is just a softball question, but this obviously <laughs> affects our view of the character because the writers can immediately put him in, scenarios where maybe we wouldn't think this character would
1: well yeah dude i mean think about this like if you have a character in heaven where literally anything is possible and like i think there's so many scenes where like if you want frozen yogurt you have infinite amounts of frozen yogurt and infinite amounts of flavor basically like not giving any limits to this character will show you who they are to the umph degree you know and so like what they do without restrictions. Is really interesting because you can see like who they are conveyed in the most extreme ways. Yeah, you know,
0: and given the location, the different sort of plot devices that give us like a different perspective on all of these characters. Given the fact that he balances these different hats that aren't just like the nerdy, like quivering, yeah, archetype. Yeah, he's like Chidi's the ultimate nerd. Yeah. Like thanks to the writers and the world building and, and his amazing co-stars.
1: Yeah, and his acting.
0: And his acting. I think this
1: is like his big break, right? This yeah, is like he did some shows role. on,
0: I, I think he was on Broadway for a little bit, and he considered quitting. Uh, according to that Vice article, he, he was going to quit acting, but he was like, I got to give this thing a shot. And wow. And now he's, yeah. This was literally his, I was going to quit. I threw my hat in the ring. So wow. I was like, I can't give, it. and they got the role. That's crazy. And he, uh, yeah, he is perfect. Dude. He is cheaty. Okay. Before we leave, I want to try and, uh, let's do some rapid fire questions. Okay. Real quick. All right. These um, are great yeah, I, because is, I didn't write any down last week. I haven't written any, any down. This is off the dome. You didn't write them any down no. this week either. No. Okay. I'm just, I don't even know what I'm going to ask you until I ask you. All right. Yeah. Let's do it. Can you do a cheaty impression? Just say
1: oh, okay. I got it. You you, yeah, are, you already know. Yeah, I
0: think I know what I'm gonna say. Okay, okay,
1: that broke me. Something like that. I don't that's, know. All right, that's pretty good. <laughs>
0: that was fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty. Yeah, it was, no, it was. I mean, it was better than anything I could have. Anything I could have done. What was Cheaty's best lesson? Without spoilers. Oh, I know what it is. The uh, trolley. Lesson. That's exactly what I was thinking. One. Last question. What do you think other sitcoms or Hollywood can learn from The Good Place? How to not be afraid of your own subject
1: matter. I think that's like one of the biggest things is like, don't be scared of your own subject matter. Because I feel like a lot of shows and a lot of movies speak on a topic or they want to you know build their show around a topic. But they're scared to dive all the way in because they're scared that people might not get it or they'll alienate yeah. people and that's frustrating because I think it's a beautiful thing to be able to go into this show for example, the good place and yeah they'd like learn something yeah <laughs> you know and and not be intimidated by if you do it well enough you can teach the viewer whatever you want to convey in an entertaining way in an effective way
0: so I feel like I think media in general can learn from the Good Place, yeah. And on a closing note, there's an article I recommend that everybody reads. It. It's a New York Times Magazine wrote an article on The Good Place called "The Ultimate Sitcom" by Sam Anderson. It's a great article. And Mike Schur basically said that he doesn't believe in the philosophy that like you have to be a dick to get the most out of you know whatever it is you're working with. He believes in like good, hardworking people make good product. He has like the no
1: assholes, yeah, rule. Yeah. And he's kind of like carried that from every show, and everyone he works with, like always, they always sing his praises because of that. And and he always like cultivates like a very incredible environment, to and his shows.
0: In. His shows are some of the best shows. Like he's been a part of the best shows, critically, yeah. and the chemistry you can tell that these characters and the actors care about each other, and it just looks like they're having fun. Yeah, it, on on screen, and it's very appealing to just watch. It's a very comforting show to watch.
1: Yeah, it's like very obvious that everyone involved cares a lot. Yeah, which is great.
0: Yeah, but Cheety's a man. He's awesome. He's the ultimate nerd. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for being on. How can people find you?
1: Oh, uh, soft glass, S O F T G L A S.
0: You had some problem, some trouble with that, dude. Last it's a week. dumb name. It's a dumb name. No, I mean it's you mispronounce <laughs> soft. Yeah, <laughs> that's a dumb word. And that's on like you're on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. Instagram and Twitter and Spotify.
1: Yeah. And Apple. And Apple Music and all that stuff.
0: Nice. Yeah. Dude, thanks for having me again. Dude, of course. I'm sure you'll be back on (laughs) next week. Yeah. (laughs) Next week. Just knock on my door if you need me to. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Thanks, dude. Thank you, bro. That's this week's episode. If you like what you heard, subscribe. This is just one of Cesspool's many shows. Cesspool is a podcast network with a variety of different shows, one coming out each day of the week, except for Sunday. Nobody messes with God. Yeah, we'll be back next week. You can follow Cesspool Network on Instagram and Twitter at Cesspool Network. And if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter at Juwan underscore chirps, or on Instagram, Juwan underscore snaps, or you can follow me on Letterboxd to track what I watch at uh, Juwan Gonzalez. See you next week. Bye.